Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Susa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word of God, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even that what he thinks he has will be taken from him. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. This is the inerrant and infallible word of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. We are in a study in the gospel according to Luke this morning. As you heard Bill read, we're in the 8th chapter, verses 1 through 21. <clears throat> the first three chapters, or the first three verses of the 8th chapter, we looked at them last week. Uh, they can go with, uh, or they go with what comes uh, in the remainder of chapter 8. They also go with what was in the last part of chapter 7. We looked at that last week, 
So this morning, we're not looking at those first three verses again. Uh, if you were not here last week, I would encourage you, really encourage you to listen uh, to that uh, message. The preacher was not uh, anything special, but the message was blessed to the Lord. So I would encourage you, especially if, if you weren't here, you might uh, do that this week. I think it will be a help and a blessing to you. Uh, the and at first sight, it it looks like that you have three different episodes here. The parable of uh, what's known as the parable of the sower. And then after after that, he talks about lighting lights and a lamp is, is put for the world to see. And then his mothers and brothers. It's not three separate things or three uh, separate events. It's one event. And about one subject. It's about uh, the word of God going forth and the ability of people to hear it. That's where we are this morning. Before we look at this uh, historic, well-known passage, let's pray together and ask him to teach us. Our Father, once more, we bow before you. What a blessing it is to pray with each other and to pray for each other. Our Father, at this time, we become altogether priests. You've called us all to be priests, to pray, for you, to, to, pray to you for the world around us, for our families, for our neighbors, for each other. And this morning... Uh, we would pray together as priests, the priests of Christ Presbyterian Church. We would pray for Vic Shivers. We pray that you would continue to bring healing to his body and give him strength. We pray for our own Priscilla Turner. Our father, she's hurting. We pray that you would give her strength for these days. Bless Laura Berryman in the same way. Give her strength. Give her spiritual strength. Our Father, we pray for Larry Shelley this morning in the procedure that he is to undergo tomorrow. We pray that you will use that to bring relief to his body. Father, we pray for strength for him and that you would bring healing. Now, Father, <clears throat> As we turn to your word, we pray that you would teach us. John Sartell cannot teach or preach so that it will make any difference in our lives. You have said in scripture that all true preaching was a demonstration of the power, not of the eloquence of the speaker, not of his theological knowledge, but all through true Preaching was a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray this morning that we would hear your voice in our midst. That you would, we would hear your voice in our hearts. Give us ears to hear, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> 
do you have a problem hearing God? Have you heard God speak to you? I have difficulty hearing. Uh, I have, it began with a ringing in my ears about 25 years ago. It's a ringing that never goes away. Uh, 25 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That ringing is just always there. I have a, about a 70% hearing loss in my left ear. It's really frustrating when you see people's lips moving and you can't hear what they're saying. The problem lies in the mechanics of the ear. If we could somehow fix the tiny and delicate complexities of the ear, we would be able to solve my hearing problem. But there's another kind of hearing problem. Everyone has this problem to some extent. That's the subject that Jesus sets before us this morning. In this parable. It's a spiritual hearing problem. The Bible teaches that all of us are born with hearts that are prone to sin. Prone to push back against God, against his law, against his reign. The Bible teaches that our sinful hearts affect our hearing. Our hearts our hearts always affect our hearing. Even in non-spiritual ways. In Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, the band marches down the field playing Rocky Top and 100,000 people will go berserk, singing every word. Many have tears in their eyes. It's a huge celebration. Now, if we had the same big orange band marching down the field playing Rocky Top in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford, there would not be that reaction. It would be a reaction of revulsion. The stadium would erupt with confusion and anger. Why? It's the same band. It's the same song. Folks, people hear with their hearts. If that's true about football teams and school songs multiplied a thousand times when speaking about the hearts of sinful men and the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. This parable is universally known as the parable of the sower. And so it is. But it's also just as much the parable of the souls. It's a parable of men's hearts. It's a parable of God's word spoken and God's word being heard.
if you're here this morning and you have a sincere desire, you have a love to hear the gospel, you have a love for Christ, this, this message is for you. If you're here this morning and you, you honestly say, you know what? I don't have a sincere desire to hear God's word. I, I don't have an affection for the gospel. This message is for you. The entire passage is about hearing the words of Jesus. Look at Luke 8, verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came and yielded up a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out. Notice he called out. He shouted. This is what this is about. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's about hearing. Look at verse 818. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Look at Luke 8:21, when his mothers and brothers came. My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word. The whole section is about this. Jesus was saying that we hear with our hearts and the, con the condition of our hearts will determine whether we take in what we hear or whether we push it away. A farmer, in verse 5, a farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Now, the picture here is you have these fields, and alongside the fields are paths where people walk. They don't walk through the fields. They walk around the fields. And after being trodden by hundreds and hundreds of people, what happened? The ground becomes hard. It's dirt. It's soil. Maybe good soil, but it is just packed. I cannot read that verse without thinking about my friend, my boyhood friend, Harry Williams. For five years in junior high and senior high, I played basketball almost every afternoon on a dirt court behind Harry Williams' house. It was impossible for grass to grow there. It was impossible for anything to grow there. For years, every day, the dirt had just been packed down by basketball, by, by five-on-five five games. It was as hard as the proverbial concrete. Water didn't soak in. It sat on top of it. That's what Jesus is describing here. Paths that have been trodden down. Hard and callous hearts, made hard, by the, made hard by the constant abuse of conscience. It's best described just by looking at the culture around us today. Our culture has no conscience. 
about sexual immorality. I mean, truthfully, do we have a conscience about sexual immorality? Our culture doesn't. It's hard ground about homosexuality, about abortion, about partial birth abortion. I, 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 you know, it's beyond me how someone running for president or how someone sitting in Congress can happily, happily argue in behalf and promote partial birth abortion. I don't say anybody could do it for abortion, but partial birth abortion is because of the hardness of the conscience. We have a, our ground is so hard, made hard by a constant materialism about living for things, for stuff. We look at this and, and, and we call it good. And the good we often call evil. The hardness of the conscience. Sin, Satan comes and takes it away. That's what he was describing. How does, how does Paul describe this world in Ephesians 2, 1 and 2? Look at it in your scripture sheet. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom that's there. In other words, you, you were looking more like you're following more of the desires of Satan than the desires of God. A friend of mine in Virginia died 11 years ago. I got to know him well in the first church I served in the mountains of Virginia. He died 11 years ago. I had known him for 37 years. He was a thief, a drug dealer, completely, completely debauched. I remember when he used to come by my house late in the evening or in the wee hours of the morning, and we would talk for hours. His heart was not as hard then. We would talk about sin, about morality, about God, about the gospel. But his heart became like the ground in Harry Williams' backyard. Listen to me, especially if you're young. You cannot sin with abandon and not become hard. You would sometimes look at sin and say, well, this is not going to affect anybody. Just, you know, this is my, my choice. I'm telling you, you're just pounding the nerves of your heart. And they become dead. There's a second heart that could not hear him. Some Look at verse 6. Some fell on rock when it came up. The plants withered because they had no moisture. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it and they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing they fall away. This is ground that looks great on the surface. There's soil, but it's only a thin layer. It's deceptive. Underneath the soil is just hard rock. The seed develops. It, it actually sprouts, but the roots can't develop. Jesus said these are people who receive the word of God impulsively. They come, they hear, they say, oh, wow, 
I've never heard anything like this. And they exude enthusiasm about their faith. But then their world turns the screws when they're ostracized, when they confront hostility, when this new faith speaks to them about changing the way that they live. Suddenly the enthusiasm is gone. There was an enthusiasm for the gospel, but there was no depth to it. A young lady came to the church where I was serving. She was a part of our college and career. Became extremely active. And she had lived life in a fast lane, and she seemed to embrace Christ with a genuine faith. She came Sunday morning. She came to Sunday evening Bible studies, Wednesday evening Bible studies. She was just always there for months and months. She would say she had never imagined like that, a life like this. Then suddenly she dropped out of sight. Months went by that I did not see her. Several years later, one evening, she was at a party where we were. And she didn't know that I saw her, but when she saw me, she went the other direction. She was living her former life and returned to her former friends. She had heard with an impulsive heart. But when it would cost her her friends and her way of life, she laid down the cross. She laid down the gospel. There's a third heart that can't hear Jesus. It's a worldly heart. This one we can all understand very well. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up, verse 7, which grew up with it, choked the plants. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, by riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. You, you plant seed. We've done this. You plant seed, and weeds come up, and the weeds win. The thorns win. They choke out the good seeds that we've planted. That's the picture here. These are folks who receive the word, but they have greater loves in their lives. Maybe it's a love of success. Maybe it's a love of money. Maybe it's love of job and power. Maybe it's a love of self. Maybe it's a love of sex, a love of sports, football, basketball, raising horses, traveling, music. There's just no room at the top for Jesus. Everything chokes him out. There's so much going on in their lives, there's no room for Christ. These folks are not as debauched as like my friend was in Virginia. But they're just too busy with affluence, too busy with success, too busy with being important, with being popular, with being wealthy with being themselves. Those are three hearts Jesus has just described. The word is preached, 
but the but it does not saturate into the heart. The three hearts cannot hear him. These three soils have something in common. They have not been prepared. And then some seed fell on hearts that had been prepared. Look at verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. But the seed, verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it by persevering, produce a crop. This ground has been prepared. The rocks have been plowed up. The thorns and weeds have been plowed under. The hard ground has been broken by the plow. The ground is prepared. That's what Jesus calls a good heart. The hardness of which we spoke has been broken up by God's plow, by repentance. The rocks have been plowed under. The great logs of the heart have been plowed under. The heart's ready for a new love for Christ. This is all through scripture. This is not an invention of Jesus. Look on your scripture sheet at Jeremiah 4, 3 and 4. This is what the Lord says to the men of Judah and to Jerusalem. Break up your fallow ground. Break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Circumcise your heart, you men of Judah. Look Hosea 10, 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Root the fruit of un- root the fruit, reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break again the words. Break up your unplowed ground. Break up your fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. Do you understand? He's saying to all of us, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility in hearing God's word. It's not that we're just passive. It's not. I'm not saying this morning. We're not saying. That you come here and you're completely passive. And if the and, and if if God doesn't make you here, you won't hear. I know he's sovereign. We cannot know and love him unless he changes our heart. But he tells us. Listen to me, how often do we come in the door? Prepared, really prepared to hear God's word. How often do we pray? Father, give me ears to hear this morning. Give me eyes to see you. Give me a heart that will receive it. Look at Luke 8 again. Verse 8. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables. Those seeing, they may not see. Those hearing, they may not understand. The disciples were getting it. The Pharisees were not. The Sadducees were not. The Herodians were not. Remember Simon in the last part of of chapter 7? He didn't get it. He did not hear. He could not understand his own sin. He could not understand the fact that he was indeed a needy sinner. And here was a prostitute, and she heard, and she understood. The word of Christ, the parables of Christ are salvation to some, but judgment to others. 
The words of Christ will soften some and will harden others. Jesus' quote there that we read, those seeing they may not see, comes from Isaiah 6. Look at Isaiah 6, 9 and 10. He said, go tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull in their and close their eyes. Otherwise, they may see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Those are hard words, aren't they? Gladstone, William Gladstone was Prime Minister of England. A fellow politician for whom he had no love in that Politician had no love for him was Benjamin Disraeli. Both of them were prime ministers of England. Gladstone was a Christian. He had tried over and over again to get Disraeli to come to church with him. And Disraeli would always refuse. Then for some reason, one Sunday morning, Disraeli sent a message to Gladstone. And said, I'll go to church with you. Maybe he had some political motivation. I don't know. And Gladstone was overjoyed. And he was even happier when they got to church. Because Gladstone said he heard one of the greatest sermons he had ever heard in his life. And there he was sitting with Disraeli. And all through it, he was praying for Disraeli. And he was, he said, I just know this is going to set Disraeli on fire for Christ. They walked out of church. And Gladstone began by saying to this Israeli, was that, I've just got to tell you, Israeli, this was the greatest sermon I've ever heard in my entire life. And Israeli looked at him, stopped and said, I didn't understand a word the man said. One heard, one didn't. So when Jesus finishes explaining the parable of the sower and the seed and the soils, he, he, he says these strange words. Be ever hearing and not hearing. The disciples could have said, well then, isn't our faith a private thing? Can't we just always use parables like you use and sort of allude to our faith? Can't we disguise our faith so we can live in peace with the world? This might be a good idea. But Jesus goes on then. Look at verse 16. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Jesus was saying to them, you don't understand. I am lighting lights. I'm lighting you. I'm making you to be a light to the world. You will be a message to the world. You will be my message to the world. You'll be God's word living out in the world. It can't be hidden. 
I love that. Guys, I'm in the business of lighting lamps and turning on lights. Jesus came and said, I'm the light of the world. Talking to himself. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, I have made you to be a light in the midst of the world. Do you think about that? You hear God's word, and because you hear God's word and take it in and love God's word and love the God, you become a light out there. And some of us want to say, I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to be that. Well, I'm sorry. If Jesus comes to you, you will be that light. It's hard to hide light. Even if it's just a small little flickering light. There's a star. It's the star nearest to us except for the sun. It's 24 trillion miles from the earth. Alpha Centauri B. 4.3 light years away. Think about that. It's 24 trillion miles from Earth. And you can see it with your naked eye. 24 trillion miles away. It can't be hidden. It can't be hidden. In verse 17, and we'll close with this, there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will be not be known or brought out into the open. He says, by my light, one day I'm returning and everything will be known. And those who haven't received the truth, those who have pushed it away, those who have gone there on the way, those that refuse to hear, they'll see and they'll hear. But even then, they won't run to it. They'll try to hide from it. The truth, the light. I read that and I say, is that going to be me? If Jesus were to return this Sunday afternoon and everything is brought to light, am I going to be someone that goes and hides? Someone who still doesn't love the gospel. Let me tell you, we're all sinners. And especially if you're not a Christian today, you listen. We're not claiming to be better than you. We won't sit exactly where you sat. We're still sinners. But if Jesus returns this afternoon, if you love the gospel sitting here, if you love him sitting here, if you love his table, you'll love him then. We can't do it perfectly. We never will.
but we're still a light by the power of Jesus Christ. And because his word is in us, we're still a light that can be seen in the darkest situations in the world. If you love it now, you will love it then. Our hymn.